1: Ned's nicked my cash because I didn't sing the sash. I've got my big cousin's wedding to attend this night, and as pair, I'm totally skint. Not a bean to the name that my parents kindly chose for me. Jamie wasn't Catholic enough to Canon McGovern because he wasn't a saint, so it was James that got christened, the patron saint of Stella Artois. Logic prevails, and in order for me to secure enough funds to get there and buy my chosen elixir, I've got my Fender acoustic. Armed with only four strings, we attack the main street of the quiet drinking village. With a big fishing problem, I am blessed and cursed to call home. Doing my usual repertoire, I've skewed Bob Dylan and Beatles covers. I'm on track to fulfilling my day's ambitions. I've made about 25 doubloons of hard sterling, judging by the amount of one pound coins I have in my big brown leather bonnet. Approaching me from my right hand side, On the wee wall that has become my chosen pitch Are two undesirable characters I soon learned they're called Jason and Kirsty A brother-sister duo A total wishy wideness Dressed in tracky bottoms Skip hats And fringes laden with hair gel Reminiscent of my big sister's teenage cronies from ten years previous But without realising it's 2009 And not still the tail end of the glory days of bonkers and rave culture. The pair of them are like caricatures of a time gone by. A double act I reckon I could crudely but accurately draw. I understand I'm not one to normally judge appearances as I sit in a local Weatherspoon's three pints deep, clad in even older tracky bottoms covered in bomber holes due to years of dodgy council soap bar. Arrogantly however, I feel I'm somewhat more sophisticated. I see them checking out my morning takings in the big brown bonnet, and they stop opportunistically in their joint to fuck knows where. They edge towards me and talk to me in near communion. going singing, sash, slurs out Kirsty, and a junkie they're all. Jason is saying the exact same thing but is about two thirds of a second behind her. I have a wee awkward laugh, not knowing how to really respond. It uh, uh, appears to be my only sounds from my mouth Sing a sash Fucking moan She squeals in a more hurried expression Jason is right behind her Looking at me with both eyes pointing at his nose The sash mate The sash Do you not know the sash I explain to them with courtesy um, that, that's, no, that's not really what I'm all about I prefer Bob Marley and that Love songs and that, you know? I'm scratching my head hoping that they know. They don't know. Now they're both looking at their own respective noses. I'm awfully flustered and confused. They look at each other, or at least face each other. I think they're still regarding their noses in this situation. Tweedledee and Tweedledum and Deedle. I know the song that they're inquiring me to sing. I know quite a few songs for both sides of the shameful Scottish sectarian divide as a byproduct of my upbringing although I choose not to beckon to their requests after all I'm trying to display a message of love and unity and to play the sash up Wishy Main Street does little to help any reputation that I've managed to establish for myself James patron centre Stella Artois and soap Bar What do you mean you don't the sash? They harshly inquire as I struggle to think of anything to come back with. They proceed to bend down and start lifting the hard or easily earned currency. Either way, I definitely earned it fair and square. Their long, dirty fingernails grabbing and snatching at the cash, filtering it back into their pockets. They pause, and they have a look at me and they do that thing that dogs do where they put their heads to the side when they hear a new sound. Then they turn to the task at hand, whilst occasionally looking at each other. Genuinely, I thought this was a just a sort of joke that we're maybe playing. I was scratching my head in confusion and sort of laughing nervously the whole time. I was making a new sound, or at least making a new sound for the dogs. Kirsty and Jason, may I add here, are both in their late 20s, early 30s, myself being the tender age of 19. As they vacate my sight, I'm looking into space, or maybe looking at my own nose in total bafflement. Bonnie and Clyde here have actually just taken near enough all the money I've got. I start to curse my own oxblood Doc Martin boots for no standing on their wrists or booting them in the face. I wasn't sure how I felt. Livid, amused or petrified. The full plethora of emotions. Total disbelief as I continue to scratch the unkempt barnet. A small brigade a walking stick wielding old woman, begin to cross the road. They've seen this full altercation and for the manner of their arduous march towards me I can sense for my senses that they are indeed ultra livid. Did they fucking bastards just knock your money? Their false teeth rattling. There was much pointing the walking sticks in the thieves direction. Eh, I, I think they did aye. Within a minute There was a growing hysteria amongst a a bloodthirsty mob which was just getting bigger. Fucking bastards! Junkie scum! The old deers are heavy heavy annoyed. Half of them are already on the phone to the police. Within another 5 minutes I easily earn another 40 banger as people begin to take pity on me. Maybe I could arrange to be robbed all the time. The junkies win and I win. The police walked in half an hour later and they tell me to follow him up to the station. When we get there, I give a statement which is completely ridiculous. If MD has ever given a police statement, you'll know what I mean. The culprits are well known to the police and they wholeheartedly assure me that they have got to do their best to bring the two to justice. I explain to the coppers that I'm no a grass, I don't give a fuck about justice, I just want some money for pints and now I've got enough. They could drop the case, I had what I wanted. Don't worry son, justice! There is still a decent window of opportunity to go back and police some more, after the burglary and the ensuing police debacle, so I opt to go back down the street. Again, another healthy profit is made, as news about the terrible crime was still fresh in the wishy ears. Just then, the gruesome double act appeared for the same side as before. They seem to not notice me, and I genuinely don't think that they did. But emboldened by my fellow townspeople, I must have the courage to confront them. They kindly inform me that I'm a begging stinking bastard. In some circles I thought, I suppose this statement rings accurate. I pack up my case, and I pursue them, demanding to know why they done what they did. Total denial for their part, as they stroll defiantly in front. The three of us get in front of Wishy Library where they stop in the tracks and they have another look at each other. They kind of work in telepathy. You better fuck off, pal, says Kirsty in a menacing manner. (laughs) You (laughs) better fuck off, pal, echoes Jason, milliseconds behind. I see that Jason has produced a biro pen for his anorak. I'm not too enthused in the way that he begins to point this pen at me. Animal instinct kicks in for both parties. I begin to back away scared, and they start to stalk their prey in the grey plains of the Wishy Library car park. It turns into a full sprint for a few seconds, we may have been chased by a JK with a bookies pen. But upon clearing a full lap of the building, we're back in the vicinity of some shoppers. Visible to everyone, They walk past me with their heads down. The tables have turned as I'm once again at their rear complaining about why they done what they did. As we get back to the original point where he pulled out the pen he pulls out the pen again. The second lap is just about to begin when the old women appear round the corner screaming like hyenas. Tweedledee and Tweedledum do their junky shuffle and they sprint away with their pen round the corner. My pal Jim has just appeared inexplicably topless and shoeless, and he begins to chase them. I've never seen him so furious. The police skid round the corner like Paul Walker for Fast Five, and once more I need give this ludicrous statement. I'll read you a wee excerpt here. And then Jason proceeded to chase me with his pen round the library, slurring, No, ya wee begging stinking bastard. I was very scared so I had to run my fastest. This is the kind of stuff that I had to say and have the bobbies read back to me. Fucking crazy. At the wedding that night, my news has travelled around the family and there's a big whip round at the end and I leave the wedding with another £100. I'll definitely be making arrangements to not be singing the sash and getting robbed more often. There's the criminal case a few months later over at Hamilton Sheriff Court. No one wanted this to happen. I didn't want all the kerfuffle, I just wanted money for beer. Jason pleaded guilty to it, but Kirsty didn't. I had to stand in the, the mad dock bit giving evidence, and it was fucking excruciating. The judge shouts at me, demanding what is so funny, because I'm in fits of giggles. I tell him that it's just like the films. I didn't realise that judges actually wore wigs, or would ask me to take solemn oaths. There's a judge in a wig, a policeman, a guy taking notes and another guy as Kirsty's legal aid. The judge in the wig asks me if she was here today, could I point her out and identify her. I say, yes your majesty. The judge in the wig shudders and they asked me to point and identify her. I can't look in her eyes or her direction as I slowly point my finger to establish the culprit being the only female in the room it wasn't hard she lets out a demonic groan desperate to make a wee joke about how I wasn't sure because of his wig I keep my head bowed and shut it saying only whatever I had to outside the courtroom I meet my pal Chris Clements he was an aspiring journalist with Hamilton Advertiser at the time and he wrote this daft three story about it in the paper's next issue he's actually the like, The Anchor and ITV now? BBC? I don't know. Why not? It, it, something like that. I think it's BBC. Chris, if you're listening, this was your first story. Some of the national papers have picked up on it. I agree on a £50 cash exclusive with some freelance boy. It takes me for a 40 in a Lark Hall swing park holding an electric guitar. There's a headline in one of the rags a few days later Ned's pinched my cash because I refused to sing the sash The story has been spun slightly to portray me as some sort of Finian hero I got the 50 bucks though and that was class I also got plaudits from a full Celtic supporters bus who forced a poor driver to halt at the light at Greg's. A full coach of guys ran out cheering and throwing fivers I have a wee joke with them about how I've no sang the sash for years, how come no one gives a fuck until now? Who knew that being mugged was so profiteering? Perhaps this is what insurance is, I've never quite understood the concept. A lot of people to this day still ask if I get battered. No, I only get just chased with a pen in the library. The pints that I'm bought in well-meant solidarity are welcome though. The subsequent chibbings that the antagonists received were not, however. I've had some laugh reading the articles of this fiasco, there's some discrepancies between the facts in my memory, Chris Clemency's original story and whatever the truth was. These are probably the most painful quotes. Jamie added, I wasn't caring much about it now as it happened last year, but the law is the law I suppose. Elsewhere, the LaFontaine's will be playing a gig in Fife this weekend before a support slot with Cisco. At the Strathclyde Union later in the month Jamie added I mean, we're doing really well We have been talking to a few people And it's basically a waiting game now
2: We're still just waiting, just waiting to see what happens. And and the law is the law, I suppose. Have you ever, uh, have you ever seen Stacy and whatever that guy was called, Jason?
1: I still see uh, the woman from time to time. I, just, I say hello to her. Uh, just sort of, I don't know. She just sort of <laughs> gives me a wink. What, he's best
2: <laughs> pals though?
1: Nah, no no, 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 best pals, but just like. Uh, she just says hello. What was Hello, hello? Wait <laughs> <laughs> she did. What was uh, what
2: was the
3: outcome of the like the court case? So you'd to go to court and then what happened?
1: The guy uh pled guilty already, so didn't need to go to court but she didn't? So I had to mm-hmm. go to court and uh, I mean I was wearing uh, I was dressed like somebody this is England at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had a, a skinhead, and I was wearing, like, uh, Doc Martens and braces and all that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so, the, 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 I had to, in the court, I had to, to say, if she's there the day, could you identify her? And there's only mm. one woman that's in the court, and it's her, right in the middle of the room, but I saw her going, oh, of course I could identify her. And it's going, please point to her. And I, like, mine just saying. fuck the, Then needy- he? point to her like, so like, I didn't want to go to court she didn't want to go to court but I'm just having to point at her in the room and she's just going oh
3: so so so, what happens then she got found guilty and did she receive a sentence or anything or?
1: well I, I could
2: tell you what happens because I, during the story that I was googling I did a bit of research and uh, I found the daily record article here Pierre took Busker's takings after he refused to play the sash
1: the I know it's like I refused it, as if I was saying, no, no way, no way am I playing the sash. Two Neds ordered
2: the busker to play the sash, then stole all his takings when he refused. <laughs> Jamie Keating, 20, was playing his guitar and harmonica in the street. <laughs> guitar and harmonica. <laughs> when Kirsty Watson, 29, and John Watson were told, gonna play the sash? He said <laughs> he wouldn't. And the Yobs then told them to lend them two pounds. And when Jamie said he couldn't spare the cash because of his cousin's wedding that night, the low-life pair grabbed 25 pounds from his guitar case and ran off. Jamie said, I was in shock. I didn't realise what happened until maybe like 10 seconds later. And then they were gone. And all these old ladies were coming up to see if I was all right. I told the guy and woman, I wouldn't play the sash. That's not what I'm all about. <laughs> and when I said I couldn't afford to give them £2, they just took the lot. <laughs> and then robbed Jamie in his hometown of Wishalannyshire, last August. Kirsty Watson was found guilty at Hamilton Sheriff Court. For the theft, she was fined £250 and told to pay back Jamie's money. John Watson also pled guilty. He was fined £125. Has a long list of convictions for ca- fuck's sake. This guy's this guy's legit. Long <laughs> list of convictions for crimes including assault to severe injury, assault and robbery, and car theft. Woofed.
3: Shit. <laughs> it's quite quite the quite the rap sheet.
2: Prison break. <laughs> Jamie, who plays the drums in the indie band the La Fontaines, has bounced back though from the theft,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and is hoping his
2: group will get a spot, in <laughs> and is hoping his group will get a spot at a Shield team park.
3: <laughs> well. When when was that? 2009? Whoa, 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 whoa. Here's an article here Well, Jamie
2: doesn't discuss the Lafontaine's. In fact, he discusses his own budding solo career. Meanwhile, <laughs> Jamie has been working hard on solo material. <laughs> since he's, sen- he's since recorded a new EP. Have you, aye? When, when are you putting that out? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I might have done that ages ago. Mean- Meanwhile, Jamie has been working so some material. He explained, I recorded a CD in a place called Green Door Studio in Glasgow. I wanted a raw sound, so we recorded <laughs> the material in my old analogue equipment and beat up tape players. It sounds really good. <laughs> I've got a few pals to play different instruments and we recorded most of it live. Wow. The CD now has, has a two, two of my newer songs and two of my older ones as well. <laughs> well, they're quite the mix there, Jamie. <laughs> I've decided to duplicate the CD myself. I must have been, orders must have been through the roof then.
1: What, did you make two of them? I don't think I don't made any. What yeah. paper's that in?
2: That is also another article from the Daily Record. And then he goes on to say, Meanwhile, the band are under new management. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're hoping to get some festivals. I mean, we're doing really well. <laughs> <laughs> we- we-
1: I suppose that that's the
2: thing I used to say all the time I mean we're doing really well and then and then you again we're also looking to do something at tea in the park <laughs> <laughs> the burger man <laughs> <laughs> talking to a few people and it's a waiting game now Jesus Christ <laughs> papers are funny man <laughs> is there anything else you, you remind about that time Jamie when you, when you listen back to that story or has that story been done to death for you and considering we also write about it in the script
1: I, cause of, I think it's because of Wrote about it in the, the script. We've been doing that for the last couple of years. It's it's all it's all warped now. But what Aye. what the fuck what, happened? I must uh, say, listen
2: back to it. I remember when I first heard that story, enjoying it a lot. But listen back to it. It's I've heard it so much now that it's. Do you know what I mean? It's like, right, is that is that the, the kind of main main basis? Well, that's the kind of main basis of the, of the script story sort of thing. So that's what it, certainly, certainly that's what it spawned from. Aye. That's what the the English fellows that we took it down to—they just couldn't get enough of it. So tell us that again. Is it important up there? It's sectarianism? We just <laughs> don't get that down here. We've got Tottenham and Arsenal, <laughs> and we just don't get it down here. member <laughs> well, remember when we met Felix, the guy's called Felix, we, <laughs> when we uh, were talking about the sash. And he was like, "Could we, could we use the sash as the theme music for the, <laughs> for that, <all> that episode?" <laughs> I'm like, no, nah, mate, it's it's no cool to be playing it sort of thing.
3: All right, <laughs> spiffing, fascinating. <laughs> Who came up with the headline? Was that the Daily Record? That is a good headline. I
1: don't, I don't know if that was Chris Clements. That the in news reporter on the if he'd done the headline, I think he was—he was the first guy to the story because when I came right. out of the court, he broke the story that day. He was talking to me, uh, mm-hmm. and he was also the guy that gave us our first review. Remember, we were in the tent at live at Loch Lomond, right? At the first hour of the festival, and he came in and he got in the paper. Was that was it a five star
3: review?
1: I can't remember, but it's—we uh, got first mention for playing at the festival. After him. Thank you, Chris. He was meant to be getting uh, married today as well. What well, right now I seen, it on, f- I've seen it on Facebook so Well uh, tell him to fucking yeah.
2: hold the phone and get a full party listening to the podcast. <laughs> Sign up to the podcast for the wedding gift. Oh congratulations Chris I'm sure you'll be listening tonight. Hold on love. I need to put a- I need to put an out of this on. <laughs> <laughs> the boys are giving me a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> and what is Chris? Chris is now a famous anchorman? Yes. The way, you, the, way,
3: the way you seen <laughs> that, he was as if he was on a boat. He's got his own vessel. Famous <laughs> <laughs> <Miss> anchorman.
2: Eh, <laughs> uh, uh, what is he on? What is he
1: host? Uh, the news. Like a reporter. Like he's, he's a. Uh, was he out in the field? Uh, Afghan. So he's <laughs> out. So, uh, no one anchored, you know what I mean, but Eh. Uh, uh, a news reporter.
2: Hi shouts to Chris, thanks for that first review. Oh thank you. Certainly set us on the path to stardom.
1: I get my I get my first podcast complaint last night. A complaint? Oh no. Aye. What do you mean? Uh, it it's off a of big Ronnie and um he doesn't like the two chords that keep getting played see so when we are talking.
3: The the piano chords?
1: Aye, right, But he's he's prone to just saying really shite advice, but that was his tuppence.
3: I, I I don't know if that is maybe quite polarising the the. You the
1: think piano it's a miss? He liked he, he, he liked the music during the stories, but didn't like it when we started talking.
3: Well, maybe the, maybe the the listeners could let us know.
2: Yeah, let us know if you would like us to either switch up the music, or, or lose it, or lose it. What other advice? A uh, uh, terrible advice did Ronnie give?
1: Um, he said, <laughs> "See, we were going to New York." Mm-hmm. <clears throat> He's going, you need to get a bird pregnant. You need to get a bird pregnant because then I'd be like, like, stay over there.
3: Right. Ah. I think we'll keep the cords in.
1: just <laughs> <laughs> gave us some, some horrendous <laughs> advice.
2: Mm-hmm. That's not, not like a...
1: me, Ronnie.
2: Eh? Shout to Ronnie, though. No. Lovely man. Terrible advice. Is, is
3: that still the case in America? If you were to go over there and have a child, you would be an American citizen. I don't think it is.
1: No, I no have an American citizen, but I don't know. I don't know if that was even the case when he was right. giving advice, but right. that was just his, his logic was get an American bud pregnant so that I could be in America. America. <laughs> <laughs> be in America. Be in America We're win. Let me put it to the people. I was raised to believe we're equal. Everybody seesaw on the same set. Everybody in the same boat, same trip. Doing the same shit. The, the two people Then mm-hmm. um, I mean uh, a couple of weeks after that had happened there was a guy come over to me and it was a it was a spa at the time next to Greg's and I was standing outside the spa uh, and the guy came up to me and going who was it that who was it that had done that you the other week sort of thing and he'd heard about it and I told him who it was I it wasn't really like I don't know, and then I, I seen him across the road a couple of minutes later on my phone and he came back across over to me and he goes, say eh, don't worry that's getting sorted out for you. <laughs> I was like, no I don't, I don't need any, he's I like, don't worry about it, it's getting sorted out. And uh, the next time I seen them, because a few times after the, the court case, no, I'd see them up the street but I would be a bit like, apprehensive, so I'd like cross the road or whatever, I wouldn't want to see them. And then it was one time I seen them and I realised they were a uh, it was unavoidable, it was too close to them. So I think so I had to had to sort of acknowledge that they were there and then they were just like alright and they, they both had their heads down but they had like they had like fresh, fresh chivins.
3: So you you put a hit out on them then? <laughs> <laughs> and, and you have you had any hassle since? <laughs> no. Well, there you go.
2: Just shows you you've got chibbles on the street. Well, she's Dmx. Uh, any other points in the story?
3: Only thing I've got here is uh, old women have always got your back. <laughs> 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 That's what I wrote on my phone. <laughs>
2: why old do you women think have you have? Got your back? Yeah, why do you think you have such a rapport with the, the older generation?
1: Um, I don't know. I think just because I talk to them. Maybe, Or oh, the one, the ones up where she have got a Especially it was like, I don't think I was ever making any money for my music. Right, or right. Certainly very little, but I think I was just getting a pound off for of the old woman because I'd say hello to them and then they would just tell me about bit, uh, whatever.
2: Sometimes so, I smile.
1: That was my, my trade. My trade was, I <laughs> my trade was just smiling at old woman.
3: Well,
2: sometimes it's just nice to be noticed, you know.
3: So you've got your your thugs, you've got your old women. Really, have crossed every every <laughs> <Aye>. demographic. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what could you run as, like an MP? I
2: mean, gr- uh, d- very good question. Do you have any any inclines to to enter into the, the political world?
1: Uh, See when I was at school, uh-huh. uh the year after I, uh, I left school at the. Uh, I got a letter in the post, saying Sorry you were, eh uh, Unfortunately you were runner-up And it was for the The Scottish uh, Youth Parliament What? Wow. Right, to be, to be at <laughs> right, a, 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 a I didn't get into the, <laughs> right, I didn't <laughs> So you didn't get into the Scottish <laughs> Youth Parliament? What are the exclusive news? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's my My world of politics, no um, <laughs> so, <laughs> but no, so the uh, so no. initially, I'd, initially, initially, I'd applied to it. Uh-huh. Um, initially, I'd applied to it, but you had to go to, like two, like uh, two weekend long sort of seminar, sort of course things that I couldn't, I couldn't do for whatever reason. Cause I think I was playing. Gigs and stuff like that. Couldn't be bothered. I couldn't be bothered, sort of thing. <laughs> the so country I, I, has to it? <laughs> but then the, the, the letter I got in the post was showing you Eh, uh, I'd got like I'd came second with like eighteen hundred votes or something like that. But it was all the if they had said a picture and a wee blob next to them about what they would do and it just said <laughs> you know it was just a question mark where the picture was then it was no information but I'd came second in this uh, <laughs> but I just thought about uh, maybe imagine I had one, and I was doing politics now
2: the hero the town needs I know <laughs> a young a young Nick Clegg <laughs> I think I think he
3: could run <laughs> it <Running> up <laughs>
1: <laughs> nearly made it Jamie Keenan, the, the the answer to the question no one asked.
3: <laughs> I think you could run, man. I think you could run as an independent candidate. Like
2: one Facebook post, you'd be, you'd be the fucking You Mary Black, I'm telling you.
1: Now, back in the. Imagine me try to debate. I, I had a. Uh, oh, I fucked.
2: Are oh, you conceded at the time?
1: Uh, I, my mum gave me this, uh, this is for a public speaking uh, competition. That I done when I was, uh, Did you come up the day? Uh, come running uh, up in that as I well. I was actually running up. That's when I was uh, <laughs> primary, primary seven, going out the first year. I entered a I wish you a public speaking competition, and it's about music. Oh, uh, tell us, tell us. It'd some. maybe take you five minutes.
3: to read it? <laughs> That's good. That'll that that'll spend some time. Read <laughs> 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 it, <leave> it twice. <laughs> <laughs> read it once right.
2: And then uh, Go back up the main bits
3: Then <laughs> <laughs> read it in French <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: So you like So, tell, so, so you like Good go. music Good evening That's how you've started it That's how you started <laughs> it Was that the title? So
1: you like good music Right certainly do Good evening Ladies and gentlemen cheerperson And their lovely judges Not that I'm seeking in With our lovely judges I'm here to speak to you in this... Joke,
3: straight, straight away, straight <laughs> off the bat. And get the joke <laughs>
1: <laughs> Had it? to cry on his <laughs> knees.
3: <laughs> straight <laughs> away. Remember,
1: remember, remember I'm 11 here? Lee Evans. <laughs> I'm here to speak to you in this fine night to talk about people's opinions of good music. It is completely different. To begin with, I will be addressing you about the type of music I like and the type that my family likes. Secondly... I will inform you what I think about my family's music and vice versa. Lastly, I shall let you in a little secret about what goes on around me and how they split from other people in their musical tastes. A few of my favourite bands which all of you golden oldies will never have heard of before are Blink 182, <laughs> Sum 41 and Green Day. They are quite punky and usually something that make boys and girls beg for a drum kit or guitar. I have been listening to this type of music for three years. Before that I used to think that the grooviest music was the Spice Girls. I feel mortally embarrassed about those bad old days. (laughs) I really enjoy listening to all this music. Before I listened to music I used to play with my Power Rangers and again I am humiliated about this. Talk about embarrassment. My big sister Helen. She is manic. Her tastes involve pop music and jazz. She likes Kenny G and Alicia Keys. She used to play saxophone and is a very good singer. I sometimes go to see her at shows and she's very talented, but she's constantly singing everywhere, which is very annoying. Talk about annoying again, my big brother David, (laughs) who is an indie lover. Things like Beatles, Oasis, The Verve, Ocean Colour scene, who all have funny hairstyles, which is what he has, all curly, messy and long. Classical music is adored by my mum and dad. They like Kenny Rogers, James Taylor and Michael Ball. I think this music is really boring but in the same category my dad thinks that the music that I like is demonic. I asked him <laughs> why he thought this once and he said it's really fast and clever. He always has been over the top. My granny and grandpa aren't really up to date. Their musical interests are Glenn Miller, Frank Sinatra and Jeanette McDonald. I have never really heard of these pop stars before. I wasn't alive when these guys were around, so I have an excuse. <laughs> my grandpa thinks that the current star around is called Ronald Williams. Can't get more out of touch than that, can you? <laughs> Moving on to my age group, a lot of people fit into three categories, Neds, Goths and Moshers. How would we explain these? Neds are people who act hard, men. Goths wear. <laughs> Goths wear black clothes and makeup and have long hair. Moshers wear baggy clothes and hoodies. By the way, hoodies are hooded jumpers for all you old timers out there. <laughs> <laughs> Neds listen to all that fast dance music, which always has the drum beat. Ditch, 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 ditch. Judge Jules. Fragma, I've no idea, Fragma, and Ian Van Dahl are prime examples of this. <laughs> Ian Van <Dahl's-> <laughs> A lot of people listen to it out loud with their car windows down. Goths listen to the very fast, Oslo, satanic screaming music, including Marilyn Manson and Slipknot. I think it's scary because of the screaming, and I don't understand it too well. Something I do understand is the moshers. That is because I am one. (laughs) (laughs) The music is fast, loud and aggressive, but nowhere near as bad as the Goths. Green Day are my favourite band, but Limp Bizkit stands out as a true moshers band. So I have told you all about different types of music and people (laughs) and how it affects their lives. I don't think anyone should be judged on what kind of music they like, how they dress or what their hair is like. On the subject of hairstyles, my brother Paul looks as if he is in a boy band, but he likes the same kind of music I like. So it goes to show you can't judge a person by how they look or what kind of music they like. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, and lovely judges, thank you for listening to my speech.
2: Fantastic. Hey, well done. where did you there? I don't know. Twenty-one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was my speech at the, at the Parliament, the Scottish Parliament. Kylie, <laughs> 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 you got to run up that. Is, you should
2: have won the park?
1: That was, that was my, eh, uh, to be First Minister. That's what I had to. Keir? Yes? I just get a, an update on my Duolingo, just flashed me on my phone there, just saying, uh, my 66 streak day is, a uh, 66 day streak is in danger. Have oh, you not done it? Have you not done it today? Done no, it today? So we we'll need to make sure we're after this podcast by at least ten to twelve.
3: Maybe you could do it on it. That will take up on our five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's <what we> <laughs> Maybe next week I can just read the paper out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, do, do you have do you have any aspirations in your later life to to enter the the political sphere? Not at all. None. No. What would what would pull you in? What would have to happen to it? It would pull you into the realm.
1: I don't. Know, I just couldn't. Could not handle like arguing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm. just couldn't. Couldn't articulate my my views or why I was right. But um, you could maybe off. that
3: would be your maybe that would be your selling point. <laughs> <laughs> vote for this guy he's, he's no good a clue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> vote for me everything's sound vote for me
2: and I will agree with everything you put across.
1: Keep it keep keep everybody
3: happy, vote for me and I'll keep everybody happy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a people pleaser
1: <laughs> people pleaser Oh the old dears loving you. So I I'll I'll take just fifty quid a day and give the rest of the money back to, to straight into like um, potholes. That's a hang into of these. I was mm-hmm. complaining about. Aye. So I would just take fifty quid a day. Mm-hmm. I I would want less than minimum wage, but I would give the rest of my my wage into. Uh,
2: you build more potholes.
1: Build more potholes. Aye. <laughs>
2: <laughs> a vote for me is a vote for me a potholes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Are you sick of travelling on these smooth roads? Bring back uh, the death sentence. I mean Debbie I mean, uh, got asked that before but our political views would be in a a hangcairn. We're talking about would raise awareness. <laughs> hey, the potholes? <laughs> spend right. money on uh just raising awareness. <laughs> like spend loads of money just putting up signs saying beware. <laughs> um what would that do?
2: Make everybody listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sign up to the Patreon.
3: The, the, it comes off the the, the pay slip like six pound or something. Aye, aye. To the Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> yeah, you, you did this. No, but I, I would be like bit more behind the scenes, like a like a Malcolm <laughs> Tucker type guy. Aye. <laughs> I wouldn't be at the front, but I'd be I'd be the, the puppet aye, master behind.
1: <laughs> Dominic Cummings.
3: Hmm. Only I wouldn't get I wouldn't get caught. No is for that Idiot
0: Throw me to the fire I am a walking liar I have a hunger
3: Do you know what I've been using for a mask? I've not actually used it yet, but what I plan on use, using is... a um, guitar. Minding and my <laughs> guitar. <laughs> uh, do you remember in the All In video? We had to put uh-huh. those hangs over our faces to be... So you couldn't see your faces and we had to run across that bridge next to mine. I've got uh-huh. that. It's quite good. It's ideal for a mask. Like a snid? It's like a snid eye. Just put it over your nose and then you pull it down. Nice. Video wasn't a waste of time after all. <laughs> Certainly wasn't. So we get any um, any questions from the the Patreon. So <clears throat> Alan Mockray asks question for podcast. What's your views on the long term impact the pandemic will have on the music industry? Negative impacts: loss of venues, loss of revenue from touring, and positive: more innovation from needing to connect podcasts and use of home studios, quicker routes to market, and recording quicker. How do you monetize it? Is Patreon a way forward?
2: That's a fucking. That could be the most serious question we've ever had on, on the on the cast. That's quite serious. So should we make sure we answer it in a jovial manner? <laughs> <laughs> um How does it affect it? It's not good for it at all. I think what you'll find is that the music industry is becoming less and less a a working class person's game. I think between the ages a maybe 17 to 21 if, you've, if you're not forced enough to smash it out of the park then when you start getting into kind of later on in your life when you need to go and get like a a real job as it were very few people can withstand the, the lack of finance that comes in from doing music so I think with this
3: happening there'll be even less people that come out the other end of it just like obviously not being able to it doesn't look as if there'll be any actual indoor gigs until well into next year so just how like 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 Alan says there like you just need to find ways to keep connecting with your fans that aren't playing in the same room as them which is hard because because that's the best the best way to connect with people well well, the way
2: that the way that we as a band the only way we really make any sort of kind of living to keep the band going is live shows and we taking that away from us we've lost all income completely so with us doing the our, our next gig our first gig this year at the, the drive in it's uh, it's necessary i think that's that's the gap that's the way that you you bridge the gap i think it you just need you just need to get the economy starting, kick, kick start it i again. mean
3: like with that run of gigs i think will be good but I can't see after the initial sort of run of that of that being the norm for especially going into winter if it's going to be outside you don't want to go to a drive-in gig in December it's not snowing so it'll be, it will be, it'll be interesting to see how it, how it will go over like Christmas and into January, February we still know it's just, it's the
2: knock-on effect as well I mean as soon as we announce that gig people text me like my lighting guys so or sound guys giving it needing a lampy needing a shift the a merch person it's the knock on effect not only does it just affect that like if you look at I don't know
3: look we we are in a it's more fortunate position than folk like that like that we I mean we can still sell merchandise online we can still do this we can still put out music and still connect with mm-hmm. people in a way but like you can't, can't go on and do lights for <laughs> like look, folk like that
1: <laughs> just doing lights on a facebook live in your house and on the podcast for, <laughs> on the <laughs> podcast
2: describing the likes <laughs> <laughs> but wait we us getting back gigging again that that, that it, at least can I start some of that game we can employ our sound guys a lighting guy, merch a van driver you know just everything gets a wee turn at it so it's it's really important for us to, to play again it's although it might not be ideal it's the only way we can we can get this aco- the gig economy. I'm running.
1: I can't wait to play.
2: Yeah, I just got an email the other day there as well from Musicians Union saying that they, they will not be giving me anything from the... <laughs> they will got, not be giving well. me any COVID <laughs> funding at all. So that's... That sucks. <laughs> so you guys in the Patreon, literally the only income we've got right you now is this so it's good it's really good to have no money (laughs) the way of making it (laughs) Um, so it's quite dark what's the guy's name Alan thanks very much Alan for bringing a a really dark cloud over what is quite usually a jovial podcast (laughs) what a joke cheers for that
3: Alan thank you mate Uh, so Owen Owen Norrie is do you have any tips you would give to a band just starting out? Have you guys always managed to focus on enjoying it and have no belief in the tunes you produce or have you ever felt any pressure on the need to produce music that will be well received? You want to answer like that, uh, i never felt any pressure to do that. I think just by the nature of the band, it's, it's as a Scottish rapper and it... it straight away it seems as if it's not going to be well received so when it is well it's, received,
1: it's like a it's, bonus uh, all the time it's, it's nice <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's it's why never... it's been so good <laughs> it's... Uh, that's why we've kept I, going i exactly can't kind of believe that folk are into it
3: pretty much hey there's i mean f- f- for it not fitting into any sort of direct like pigeonhole or whatever it's you 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 would think that it's not going to be well received. So when it is, it's it's uh, very nice. Mm-hmm.
2: Certainly, never felt any pressure to try and make it sound anything other than what it is. Remember, the, I remember doing a a talk in some sort of like panel thing, and it was asking I can I can kind have of been asked that question about making like contrived music. If what would, what's your views in that? And I went on this big rant about how... <laughs> Did anybody see that thing Sandy Tom done? Where she was, like, on Facebook Live greeting, saying that she had... She wasn't getting played on Radio 2. She wasn't getting played on Radio 2, and she'd, she'd mm-hmm. wrote this song specifically for Radio 2. And, and <laughs> she couldn't understand it, because everything on Radio 2 sounded like the song that she just wrote... To get played on Radio Two, and she couldn't believe that they wouldn't, they didn't wouldn't play it. So she was crying, and I was like, "That's your fucking problem. You're fucking morning. You just wrote a song to try and get on that. That's the whole. It's so forced." At ended end, the one of the guy that that was hosting the thing was her husband. <laughs> 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 it's <laughs> a oh, so party mate Sandy's alright <laughs> fuck I had to double down that man I was like aye sorry man
3: did he, did he introduce did you find that out for someone else or did no you somebody say, else
2: somebody else told me that was her actually. husband that oh, no. actually put the panel on he was kind enough not to oh, fuck not see say him. to me <laughs>
3: <laughs> and then so the first part of Owen's questionnaire do you have any tips you would give to a band just starting just starting out
2: on my I, I, I used to think that a plan B was a plan to fail right I used to think you'd be daft to go and just put all your eggs in that basket and just fucking go for it and part of me still thinks you need to be is full on committed to it but I would recommend having a a sideline that you could earn some at least earn some money on because unless you're fortunate I mean having a top 40 album still means you you still need Put a shift in somewhere So And then if a global pandemic happens <laughs> You've uh, No way of making any beans So Try and Try and have something on the back burner That you can That you, you can earn some money off And don't see it as a uh, you're, you're committing any less Just something else that you can You can earn some cash with Be it, fucking at all But just Keep it in mind that you'll need to Earn money somehow Unless you're fortunate talk about the gig then, so, the, so the gig is 4th of September up in Edinburgh and um, so like 300 motors show up
3: Aye, so you drive you drive in and you get like a double car parking space bit for your motor and then a bit for you and the folk in your motor to get out and watch the gig and then you watch us play and then you get back in the motor and then you piss off and do one and I'll have a radio mic so but I don't I don't think I don't think you can well, i not to go no and
2: sit in their cars. Yeah. Not
3: sure.
2: <laughs> That's what they maybe,
1: think. Maybe see. Maybe by that point, 4 September it'll be. Uh, it'll be uh, welcomed. The,
2: it'll be social welcoming.
1: Uh, it'll be a, a, a two inches rule or something. Mm-hmm. You can only go within two inches or something.
3: Two inches or someone.
1: <laughs> you need but, to stand. You need to stand really close to them. We were talking about
2: because it's a car gig, and um, having. Jamie, I and Daz are set up in that, in like a Formula One podium <laughs> <laughs> and having like merch, just like big racing flags like the finish line flags and um, what else? Maybe like a Skeletics track
3: At the end we can maybe do that thing with a champagne
2: Aye, definitely when it's, it's <laughs> the last song
1: You could dress as a a a parking a parking warden <laughs> 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 the gagging you could get like wouldn't it be obviously tickets, but you could get uh, CDs, right? CDs, aye. I'll
2: park your ah,
1: Maybe that, that could be how you, you sell the, the merch. Get another cat, aye. NCP. So we're
2: uh, again usually run out of time. On the old, on the old cast, Jamie's needs to go into his, his French. Um. What we were thinking though is, I was starting to get other guests on. Obviously, we've had the likes of Paul, who's our, our sound guy, Fraz who's the road tour manager, calm does all our social media stuff and videos. Um, maybe getting some like band guests, or bands that we know, get get them on, or actors, or uh, just anybody <laughs> on the cast at all. Next
3: Killing Killing Murphy is
2: going. <laughs> Give. Uh, <laughs> Give um, Tom Hardy the text. Hey Tom, <laughs> wondering if you'd like to come on the cast.
1: Um, Joe Rogan.
2: Joe Rogan. <laughs> smoke smoke a fat one with Joe and Elon Musk. Eh <laughs> uh, so let us know if there's any, and they'd like to hear hear us speak to, and we can, Putin. we can get it. I get get Putin on.
3: Oh, I meant to go. To, I meant to be in Russia. I meant to be in Russia. Then, eh? That's
2: cutting. That is fucking gun. oh well. Uh, so let us know who you'd like on the podcast. Thank you for listening. As always, thank you to the Patrons, Patreons. Um, hope you liked your exclusive musical cover we sent you the other day. And uh, as always, we say, we bid you a farewell. One, two, three.
0: Bye. 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 <laughs>